everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. You're listening to episode 66, and I'm talking with Brenda Martinez. Brenda is a 2016 Olympian. She has an 800 meter PR of 157.91 and a mile PR of 424. She won the bronze in the 800 meters at the IAAF World Championships in Moscow in 2013, and she also represented the U.S. at the 2012 IAAF World Indoor Championships in the 1500 meters. Brenda carved her own path in the professional world, and in this episode, we talk about what that looked like, and we talk about her training and her coaching and all kinds of fun stuff. Brenda has a heart for young athletes. She hosts her own camp every summer. And she also has her own nonprofit, the Big Bear Track Club. She's a sweet woman. And we talk about the importance of showing up at the start line happy. Before we get started talking with Brenda, I want to thank Now Foods for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you see me making my smoothies every single weekend after my long runs with my boys. I love their protein powder. Now Foods has been a leader in the natural food health industry since 1968 can get your vitamins, your supplements, your sports nutrition from this family-owned company who I have been to their facility and I know they're doing great things. You guys go to now-2-u.com to save 25% off your order. Use the promo code another all caps get that 25% discount. It's now foods for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, you guys, I know I mentioned in my last episode that tickets for my live show are now up and available. So the live show is Saturday, September 30th here downtown Indianapolis, and it's the same day of the Indy Women's Half Marathon. So even if you're from out of town, it's a great opportunity to grab a couple girlfriends, come run the race, and come celebrate with me. I'm going to have returning podcast guests Michelle Gonzalez, Mary Johnson, and Maggie Dials joining me for a fun conversation. Have some wine and appetizers and desserts. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. The link to get tickets will be in the show notes. Enjoy my conversation with Brenda. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Yay, it worked. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, no worries. Don't worry about it. It's the whole, um, let me just turn my computer off and turn it back on and see if that makes a difference. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. No, no worries. So I, um, obviously, you know, Molly Ludlow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's one of my good friends. I was like, hey, Molly. We went for a run together the other day, and um, I was like, hey, so are you really friends with Brenda? Do you think you could, like, text her and ask her if she'd uh, talk to me? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, that's no problem. So are you recovered from um, your race on, was it Sunday? Uh, No, Saturday. Saturday. It was Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I already did a workout, was it yesterday? So... Yeah, I mean, we were kind of just already getting the ball rolling, like, right after the race. Um, we kind of just wanted to attack the, like, attack training, like, right after. Because there wasn't going to be so many workouts until now, until national. So, we wanted to squeeze in important workouts. And, yeah, I mean, I did my, my workout last night. So, um, it was enough time for me to rest. But it was it was just, like, getting back to work. So, Okay, yeah. so... I'm just going ahead and recording. So everybody that's listening, we're talking to Brenda Martinez here, and <laughs> she just raced the Prefontaine Classic. And you did you did you just do the 15? Yes, I just did. Uh, yeah, I ran the 1500. Okay, I watched you. I watched you from my uh, in-laws' house, and okay. I was to my mother-in-law. You know, they know that we're my husband and I are really into running and track and everything. And I'm like, see that girl right there? That's who I'm interviewing on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So did you have a good race? Um, yeah, I think for the most part, I was, I think I was happy with the result. Um, I, I ended up finishing top American, but at the same time, it's, I think you always want better for yourself and you kind of see where you went wrong. And, um, I think I, I just left myself a lot of work to do the last lap and there was a gap that formed and I wish I probably would have closed it and maybe had people to run with the last lap, but, um, I can't complain making mistakes and running 403. Um, so I think it was a good day, but Again, there's a lot that I can learn from from every race. Yeah, and so you were sixth place, weren't you? Yes. Was that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I want to get started with, like, talking about your life growing up and when you got into yeah. running and all that good stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> can you kind of give everybody a rundown of, of what life was like growing up and when you kind of realized, hey, I'm, like, a really fast runner? 
Yeah. Um, so growing up, uh, I was pretty bad. So, um, I think there's a lot of times where my mom would kind of just get fed up with, with me just being out of control and like leaving the house for a few hours and not knowing where I went. Um, and I just, I don't know why I didn't listen. I just would, she'd be like, don't do this, you know, stay home. And, and I would just go ahead and do the opposite. Um, so I think there was a moment where she was just kind of sick of it. And she just was like, I need to put my daughter in something that's, you know, she just has too much energy and I need to put her in something. Um, so she ended up putting me in track club at age five and I've been running ever since, but it was only, I think it was her form of saying like, you know what, I'm going to discipline her this way. And it's a form of punishment, but really I just fell in love with the sport and, you know, I've been running ever since. So tell me this at five. So my oldest child is five, or just about to be five. Uh-huh. What, what was like the longest race you did? Like when you were that little? Uh, <laughs> I think cross country, I think cross country was, I think it was like 3000 meters. I don't think it was like two miles. I don't think it was anything long. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know like how to pace myself. I just didn't know. I just went out and ran. Uh-huh. Um, but I think my first race was 200 meters and I just got blown out of the water and my coaches were like, yeah, you're not, you're not a sprinter. Like we're going to put you in the middle distances. And yeah, I've been doing the same event for like over 20 years now, but, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the longest probably was cross country. Um, I think that my son did a, it was like a 100 meter run and I was, (laughs) I was way too excited for how fast he was running. Like, I'm like, I cannot be that parent. Um, but I was trying to tell my husband, we should take him over to the track cause we live by a track and like time him on his 200 and his 100. And then every couple months go back and just kind of see, you know, what his improvements yeah. are and it can be a fun little game. Oh yeah. And I'm sure the kids enjoy it too. Totally. You know, yeah. There's like progression going on. Yeah. I mean, there can be fun to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, did you, when you went to school, so you went to the university of California, Riverside, is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell me what that experience was like. Um, so I, I, I guess I can take it back to maybe high school. Okay. Um, well, even my youth, my youth years, um, I ha- actually had the same coach for about 13 years, uh, coach Carlton and he ended up coaching at my high school. Um, so I kind of just kind of stayed under his wing and I think the whole time, um, he planted that seed in my mind that, Hey, like you can run for a college and it will get paid for like if you run fast enough. So I think I always had that in the back of my mind growing up. Um, so I kind of just carried that with me all the way up until, you know, high school, and I managed to get a full scholarship at Riverside and it was really close to home and I'm really like a homebody. So I didn't want to be too far from home and it just worked out perfectly for me. Um, I was about 20 minutes away from home and, um, I, I had a really good experience. I mean, there was a lot of up and down and, uh, but I think that's kind of like almost everyone's story. Like it's just hard maintaining like that lifestyle of trying to be a student and an athlete and, uh, kind of taking care of yourself, being on your own. Um, but I definitely learned a lot about myself and I mean, I can't complain. Like, I don't think there's anything that I want to change, uh, you know, from just the past. And I think it's, it was always a lesson for me. And, um, again, I I was fortunate to go to college and and graduate. And so your junior year was kind of like your standout year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was runner up in the, in the 1500. Yeah. 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 And then, so then you dealt with plantar fasciitis your senior year, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. This is all my Brenda research and, um, (laughs) I feel your pain on the plantar fasciitis because I've had it and it is a monster. Yeah. Yep. Uh, It's just like the worst pain, like just waking up to it, going to bed, you know, with the pain and not knowing what to do. And, um, yeah, honestly, it was just taking the time off. It was was so painful. (laughs) I know it's been a long time ago, but like, is that, is that what cured it? I mean, it's, it's almost like this injury that just never goes away. It seems. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we were switching around, maybe it was, it was probably dumb, but I was switching around a lot of shoes, like seeing what supportive shoe would help at least like lift my, my arch. Cause it just was so painful just to be barefoot or even have like a, a shoe that didn't, you know, do any like thing with support. Um, so I think we finally found a, a shoe. Well, it was my sponsor that like coming out of college, I got a sponsor, which is New Balance. Um, so we were kind of playing with the shoes. Like, so I was trying to figure out what shoe I need and uh, what was best for training. But I don't even think I took that much time off. I think I was just kind of dealing with the pain and just trying to see if I can go overseas and maybe make up for, for you know, the time that I lost. And, um, I mean, it didn't go well, but <laughs> it's just no one does that. But, um, 
again, it's just you learn. And um, I think I was just trying to take care of it. I also didn't have like a therapist at the time. Um, so now it's like, it's so important to have someone that you trust. Um, whether you drive like two hours or two and a half hours to go see a therapist a couple times a week, then it's so worth it. Um, so, I mean, I've been pretty much healthy and I've been able to run, not really had to, to shut down the season ever. So I've been really fortunate with that. But again, as an athlete, um, especially competing at a high level, like that's kind of like the risk you have to take, like you're kind of pushing the envelope and, you know, you kind of run that risk of maybe getting injured. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like over the years I've learned and I just have a really good therapist now. So he's been keeping me in, you know, in, in shape. So yeah, everything's good. Okay. So what's the shoe? What shoe do you run in? Like for what shoe do you run in for long distance runs? Um, so I would probably say like the one that I go to for like my mileage is probably like the fresh foam, uh, 1080s. It's pretty new. Um, I think it just came out last year and that's just been my shoe. I haven't, I'm not interested in changing, Uh you know, into other shoes, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like that's the one with that I do most of my mileage in. What do you do your workouts in? Like a, uh, Uh, you know, like an interval or something? Yeah. Um, I think it just depends. Like if we're, if we're doing intervals, I've been doing a lot of interval workouts on the roads instead of being on the track. Um, so they actually discontinued the, the shoe that I, that I'm using. So I've been using the, the 1600s. Um, they don't make them anymore, but New Balance is, you know, they've been searching for, for so many and just trying to, you know, send me the last few shipments. So I have like maybe 10 pairs and I think that's it. Um, so I'm trying to make those last, but I've been using those for the the roads. Um, but I, I definitely had to find like a new shoe or a training flat to, to kind of, I guess, carry over, but, um, I, I don't want to worry about that right now, but, but yeah, the 1600s are, you know, they've been perfect for training. Um, but if, if I'm doing any sort of speed work on the track, then I switch over to the 800 spikes. So let's talk about your like post-collegiate running. You kind of like found your own way, um, in training. Can you kind of walk through that a little bit for everybody? Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most part, I think a lot of people know what happened, but, um, and it's not even like necessarily like a pity story or anything Uh like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, coming out of college, I, I think in my mind, I'm like, I need to be at altitude. I need to be in a group. So there was a couple options, but I mean, those just completely fell through. And, um, I mean, and the people weren't really nice about it. So I, I think it was kind of like disheartening, like to know that someone can treat someone very badly and say they weren't good enough to be in a group. Um, you know, even, even when you were runner up like the the year before at nationals, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I think even though like I had to go through that, I think later I kind of realized that, you know what, it, it had to happen. Like I had to find my way. And, um, if it wasn't for those like doors closing, I would have never met coach Feehill. Um, cause coach feel was the one that kind of was like, okay, like nobody wants to help you. And like, I know this is like, this is wrong. Like that, that shouldn't happen. Um, so I, I think once he kind of agreed, like, Hey, I'm going to coach you. Then I think we're like, you know what, this, it had to lead to this. Um, so, I mean, there was like six or seven months that was like really hard. Like I didn't really have like a situation and didn't feel like I belonged to anything. Um, and then he kind of just been, he's been like our life coach. He's also been mentoring my husband, who's also one of my coaches, um, and he works alongside with Coach Vigil. So even though it was really unorthodox, like the way it happened, it's, I feel like now, like I found my way and I, I feel a little bit more established and maybe I can, you know, I guess, how would you say, like, um, prevent like what had happened to me, like, so it doesn't happen to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're more like trying to open the doors for others that are coming out of college and so- I guess just trying to develop athletes. So at that point, I mean, when you were coming out of college and you didn't, you couldn't find a team that would accept you or whatever, you were a hundred percent like, I'm, I'm going professional. Like you knew in your heart that you were good enough and that you were going to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there was, there was times where I would question it. Not necessarily like, Oh, should I, should I leave the sport? Like, I don't think that ever crossed my mind, but I just was like lost. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not running fast. I'm, I'm coming off an injury. Um, I think the only people that really like had my back was, you know, my husband, my family, my, my sponsor, New Balance. Um, and even then, like, I felt like maybe I, I felt more like a risk at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like they still believed in, I guess, uh, my potential and of course my agent at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was really hard, like knowing, not having a plan. I think that's probably like my biggest fear is not bring, being prepared. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like detail oriented, so I want to know like what's going to happen next and be prepared for it. So yeah, those, that, that year was really hard for me. Do you feel like in the er- those early years of professional running, when you were kind of finding your way in the, sp- in that part of the sport, do you feel like that kind of fueled the fire? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I think at the time, like, again, when you're going through something so hard, you're just like, what am I going to do? And you start stressing out and just things just, you feel like things are just falling apart. But I think, I, I think for the most part, I think the people that I had around me were helping me kind of keep my head up. And, uh, like my husband was constantly telling me like, you can't feel sorry for yourself. Like this has to happen. Like we, we need to move forward. And then, uh, I think that just helped like hearing those words and knowing that like, Hey, it's gonna, it's going to work. It's just, we don't know when. Um, and then just having coach V Hill like with us, like, I think there was just a lot of like relief knowing that he was in our corner. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like over the years we, we've definitely found our way. So is he, is coach V hole, is he like 87 years old? Yes. Yep. He's 87. That's crazy. <laughs> and he's still really sharp. Yeah. He's still really sharp. And he, he calls me probably like every week and we have discussions and talk about my goals and whatnot. But, but yeah, he's, he's doing a lot for, for his age and he, I don't think he's going to stop. Does he now? Does he coach any other athletes? Or are you his main? Uh, yeah, he coaches um, Diego Estrada, uh, Aaliyah Gray, and I think those are the only two that I can think of. So I think it's maybe like three of us. I want to say, and we all live in like different parts. So I think Diego is in Arizona, and Aaliyah is like in Boulder, Colorado. Now, because when when he started coaching you, was he kind of going into retirement from coaching? Um. I don't think he was retired necessarily. I just, I don't think he had any athletes that he was working with. Mm -hmm. Um, He was still pretty active in the sport. Like he was still doing a lot of clinics like around the world at the time. Um, And I think now he just does clinics like, I guess, domestically. But, but even then, like he was still traveling a lot Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, talk about, you know, the coaching and, and all that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's still been pretty active in the sport. So tell me about your husband. He coaches you too. Yeah, and <laughs> he's coaching people's eyes. Yeah, I always like to ask people, "How did you guys meet?" Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more of like I I knew of him mm-hmm. like when I was in college, and they always like all my teammates, especially like the male athletes on the team um, at the time and at UCR were like Carlos this, Carlos that, and I didn't know who this Carlos guy was. Um, so then I think Carlos was like living in Boulder for like two years and um he came to like one of our invites at a cross country meet and I didn't know who he was, but like I saw him and I think he caught me staring at him and I was like, oh shoot. And then, um, everyone was like, oh, that's Carlos. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I think I was just like smiling, like, like an idiot. And then I ended up adding him like on Facebook and then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. I mean, he asked me out on a date, we had coffee and yeah, and then I, I, we hit it off. So <laughs> you kind of just knew, did you kind of feel like you just knew like I love uh, this I guy. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think when I think when you're just like that kind of I, I was like I don't know. It was just a weird feeling, and I just could not stop smiling. I didn't even know this guy, and I like him just catching me like staring at him, and I was trying to play <laughs> it off. I was like, I'm such an idiot. Like now he knows, and uh, yeah. But but yeah, I think I knew then and. I was like, well, I, now that he knows, like, I should probably <laughs> just try to add him as a friend. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, good old Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he coaches you too, though. And he, so he ran in college and he was kind yeah. of like going to, on to be a marathoner, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So he was, he was training post-collegiately, but he wasn't like a professional. I don't think, I think he was more like semi-pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once we started, uh, yeah, dating. And I think us like not knowing what we're going to do with my career, I think he knew he had to stop. Um, and I think that was just the decision he wanted to make was to, to stop running and help me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then him trying to learn as a coach, uh, with coach Vijo and just, I guess that mentorship that they were going to have. And I mean, he's learned over the years and I, I feel like he's probably one of the best middle distance coaches in the country right now. So, um, yeah, I think he's, he's learned a lot and he knows like coming from like an athlete aspect as well. Like he knows how to, to push us and know when to back us off. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that was just kind of what he had to do, I think. And, you know, again, I'm fortunate that he stepped down from his running to help us. So, yeah, I was looking, I was like stalking through your Instagram, (laughs) what I do for all my interviews. Like, this is the best way to find out what everybody's been up to in the past year. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you had a really sweet post about kind of how he um, kind of just sacrificed that aspect of his life and put it all, all of his heart into, to -hmm. your career. And I thought that was so, so special. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful for him and, um, I feel like our relationship has gotten so much stronger. I mean, it didn't, in the beginning, it was just really rough because just things weren't going the way that, you know, we wanted them to. And, um, it was just that time when we were lost and I think it just was a strain on our relationship. But I think over the years, once we kind of got a handle on it and, um, it, it started to click. So I'm fortunate for that. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, I always say like the hardest time in my marriage has always been like when we're moving or having a baby, anytime there's this like transition where you just don't know, yeah. Oh yeah. you, you know, the answers. So I can imagine yeah. that was probably really hard. Yeah. It's like, it tests you and it, it'll just test you like to the max. And, uh, I think if you can work through, yeah, any transitions and I think you'll be fine. <laughs> now, what year did you guys get married? Um, I think we got married. Shoot. I should know this. <laughs> well, I, we got married like on our four year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's been a little bit of four years now. So I think that was what I think after, I think we got married in 2012. Okay. So I think we're, it's, we're going on five years of marriage. Ooh, that's I think. kind of a big one. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better plan something. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we always say we're going to travel like to Miami to see his family, and then we just end up staying home. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you said you're a homebody, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the Olympics this past year. You ran the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How amazing was that experience? Uh, it was. It was a crazy experience for me. Um, I think again, like I'm such like a, a planner um, that you know, going into the trials, I, I told myself, like, I'm going to make the team in the eight, like, I'm confident I can do it. It just has to go right. I have to race smart. I have to race confidently and everything was going well. Like I was winning my, my heats and I mean, everyone knows that I fell Mm -hmm. and, uh, or I got tripped up and completely like my Olympic birth was just out the window. Um, but yeah, I think those were probably like the 10 hardest days of my life. And, um, again, I feel like a lot of people just, I felt like I, I had that love from people and mm. they had my back and they're just, you know, keeping me up in spirits and, um, yeah, I managed to make the team. Um, but again, it's, I don't know. I feel like every time something crazy happens in my life, I feel like it's, whether it's God or, or something, it's, I'm always being tested to be the example, I guess. So, um, I feel like I, I had to be the one to kind of go through that and, again, it'd be my story and show people that you just can't give up on yourself. And, you know, you always got to find that there's a way, um, whether it's not the easiest path, but, um, you at least got to give yourself a chance. So, well, and you handled all those post-race interviews with so much grace and, you know, Mm -hmm. after the 800 and I, I was actually just rewatching those and, I have to say I was watching that race because I was, well, I was heavily invested in the 800 because um, I was watching Molly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. And um, my husband was like, well, you know, Brenda was about to just like take off on that last hundred, right? And because when we were watching back and the replays and over and over again, and I mean, how did you handle, okay, I'm accepting this. This is what happened. And now... I'm going to put my everything into the 15, even though, cause you kind of expected, like if you were going, you were going in the eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we had the 1500, you know, as a backup in case something just happened or I didn't make the team. But, um, again, obviously that the, the 800 crash was just so unexpected. And, um, I mean, I was really, really mad. Um, but I think me just like growing as a person and, um, sticking to like my values and, uh, I feel like even when I finished and I, like, I was like, okay, like I'm going to get asked like what happened. Um, and I think I just had like a lot of little girls like looking up to me mm-hmm. and you know, like my camp's like such a big thing. It's a big part of my life. So I'm like, how would I want the girls to see me? Like, you don't want me like, you know, acting bitter or like blaming people. So, 
I was like, you know what, I, this is where I need to step up as a woman and, um, I guess represent, you know, the good and try not to make it seem so bad. So, and I was like, you know what, I have the 15 now and I got to look up, you know, look forward to that. But yeah, when I was doing the interviews, um, I hadn't seen my husband or my coach yet because hmm. they take you through like the tent, the media tent and that you get your stuff after and then you kind of go to what, like the, where the warm up area is at and that's where everyone's at. Um, but what was crazy was that like Molly ended up exiting the tent and my husband saw her and like, we we're really cool with Molly and, um, my husband was crying, I guess. And, uh, he said he went and like hugged Molly cause she was just like hysterical. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and later, like he told me, he's like, when I was hugging Molly, like we were both crying. Like, I felt like I was hugging you too. Cause mm-hmm. I know like how devastating it was for both of you. And and then, uh, I mean, me and Molly talked after, but, um, yeah, I mean, obviously anyone in that, in the final is good enough to make an Olympic team, but obviously things didn't go our way. And, um, I mean, it's really sad. Like, and, and I know Molly was just, I know she was so devastated cause she's finished fourth like <laughs> yeah. a few times, but she's an, an amazing runner. Like she proved it. Like she went to Monaco and ran a huge PR and, um, but again, like our, as athletes and as competitors, like I still feel like bad, like that we had to go through that. And I think just my husband knowing how she felt and how probably similarly I was going to feel, you know, like her, um, it was just really hard for all of us, I think. So that's, that's really sweet that he felt like you and hugging her because your emotions were probably so similar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's so true, too, because, and I'm sure you really have to think about this when you're being interviewed anytime, is, like, I'm in the public spotlight yeah. here. Like, oh, people yeah, are exactly. watching me. Mm-hmm. You know, you might feel devastated after that race, but you, just like you're saying, like, there's tons of young women watching how you respond to what happened. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I felt like that was, like, just our youth, it's just, it's so close to my heart that, I just have to be a better person for them. Um, even though like inside of me, I was kind of like just torn and, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, there's no reason for me to just like pout or like be in a bad place. Like it's, it's not worth it. Like that's just expending energy that I don't need to, you know, waste. And, um, I think from then on, I was like, you know, I have to move forward. And even like, right away, like, when I got out and I met my coaches, they were just, like, Coach Vio was crying. Aww. And, like, that hurt my heart. Like, I started crying, too, and my husband was crying, and, you know, and I just, I said, give me my watch. I'm going to cool down. Like, it's just an- another day. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. treat it like another day. So I, I went back into my routine, and, yeah, I mean, I went back home. I ate. I hung out with my dogs because we, we take them everywhere That's we so go sweet. if we travel. So I was hanging out with the dogs, and, you know, I just said, drop me off because um, my my teammate Boris had just made the team in the 800. So he was right after me. Um, so I just told him, like, go with Boris, go to team processing, like, go celebrate, like, you have an Olympian now. And uh, so I, I, again, like, I just went home and back into my routine, and um, I just got mentally prepared for the 1500. So, yeah. Were you super nervous for the 15? I mean, because – and, and you tell me, because I, you know, this is from the outside looking in. In mm-hmm. the 800, were you kind of more of a front runner? In the 15, were you more of an underdog? Um, yeah, I think for the most part, maybe I was. Because um, I, well, I think there's so many reasons that I wasn't going to be my best, I think. Because it was going to be, if I made it to the final, it's, that was going to be six races in 10 days. And it's not like they're easy rounds, like, mm-hmm it takes so much energy to go through like your warm up and your race and then the cool down and then the recovery process. Um, but again, I think I was just taking it one day at a time. And, um, again, I mean, there's just so many people that, that were, you know, cheering me on and that made me feel good too. Um, but at the same time I was like, you know what, like I need to find a way, like, I I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can promise that I'll give it my best. So I wasn't thinking like, I have to win. I have to win. I was like top three, just give it your best, like just find a way. And, uh, yeah, it it worked. And, you know, I was, I think I was so into like the process rather than just thinking about the goal necessarily. I was just trying to take care of like the day to day things and, um, just getting back to, to what I know. And yeah, I mean, just getting back to the basics, I would say. 
What does that feel like when you're on the last hundred meters of the 15 and you're like, okay, like I'm, I might be there, but you just don't know until you cross, like what's going through your mind? Um, honestly, it was really numbing for the most part. Cause it's like, even Hayward field, like it got so loud. Like, I think I was like in fourth or fifth coming off the turn. Um, but it got so loud. Like I couldn't even hear myself breathe. Like that's how loud it was. Um, and again, I, I just knew like coach V who was like on the, you know, kind of near the finish line. I think he was maybe like 50 meters back from the finish line along the fence. Um, so I, I was just thinking about coach and, you know, even before that, like days before he was just like bawling mm-hmm. and, you know, crying so hard. And I was like, you know what? I was like, just find a way, like pump your arms, put your head down. And, um, you know, just those little, those little cues just go a long way for me. And, um, and even when I passed the line, I didn't, I, I still wasn't sure if I made the team or not, but, um, no, definitely like the crowd and just the energy of the stadium was like super loud and it was exciting. Maybe that was the one thing that carried me through. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that was probably such a important moment in my life, I think. So, cause I, I finished and I said, you know what, I, I think I did it. Or, um, even after the result, I, I told myself like I could do it. Like, I, I guess I'm tougher than I think, but, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely took, I feel like it took a lot out of me and it was just everything that I had. What were those post-race hugs like after that race uh, compared God, to the I other was one? So exhausted. I was exhausted and I could not stop smiling, I guess. Like my, my face was just hurting so bad because I could not stop smiling. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's, you're just so grateful for, for everything and, um, everything just went your way. That's awesome. And then, and then the Olympic experience, was it, I mean, was it everything you kind of like, I'm sure you've been dreaming of that moment since you were a little girl. Was it kind of everything you dreamed it would be once you got there? Um, yeah, I would think so. Well, I don't know. I feel like my, like my Olympic journey was just a little bit different than everyone else's. Um, and I mean, I think just getting there, I, I think I tried like prepare myself like for everything, but it, again, it just didn't go my way. I think just going through the trials, it, it was, um, I think it just took everything out of me emotionally and it, it was just different, but I think just going to, I mean, I didn't do open ceremonies, but, um, just to kind of get that feeling like, Hey, I'm here. Um, again, I'm going to do my best, even though it didn't go my way, but, um, I had a really good experience there. Um, I think just feeling like the world is with you and, um, there's just a lot of pride in it. Um, but again, I mean, besides the performance, it's, I had a really good time. And again, it's just something that I'm going to learn and hopefully next time it's better. Hey guys, I want to thank the Ursa family Y for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Summer is here and the Y has tons to offer you and your family. Get the kids ready for safety in the water this summer with the Y swim lessons. My boys will be taking them for sure. Keep them active, engaged, and off the couch over summer break with programs like gymnastics, summer camp, cooking camp, chess, and basketball camps presented by the Indiana Pacers and Eric Gordon. For adults looking for something fun to do during the summer, get your friends together and join the Y's dodgeball tournament on June 30th and the wiffle ball tournament on August 5th. Dodgeball tournament? I'm scared. I don't want to do that, but somebody else should do that. You guys should do it. It sounds fun. If you're looking to spice up your workout, MX4 small group training, TRX bar, a total body workout that includes Pilates, dance, and functional fitness training to leave you feeling strong and accomplished. Whatever you're into, the Ursay Family Y has something to offer. For more information on these programs, go to ndymca.org. You guys can also follow them on Instagram, Ursay Family YMCA. I basically live there, so you guys know how much I love the Y. Thanks to the Y for supporting this episode of the podcast. And hey, you guys, I did my live show last Friday over at the YMCA, and it was so much fun. It was a blast, and I'm really thankful for their partnership. All right, guys, let's continue my conversation with Brenda. Okay, so I, I, so when I was researching the interview, I... I was like, I always Google other podcasts that people have been on, and I heard you on this other podcast. Um, uh huh. I don't even remember what his name was. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about, though? You you did the interview like right after the trials, I think. Uh, it might have been Bethel. Bethel Pro- Duran. Uh, uh, it was a, it was a dude. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's, he like, Bethel. real charismatic yeah. and funny. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So, but in that interview, you kind of talked about how you are more of a high mileage runner for uh, the distances that you race. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah like I mean, just to compare. Yeah, like, Yeah. Yeah, compared, like, to other the other girls in my event, um, like, a lot of the girls do maybe, like, 40 45 miles a week whereas I'm running like 75 80 sometimes um so yeah I mean I'm more of a strength runner um I can sometimes run the 5k um but yeah I think right now like I'm trying to do as much strength as I can just so that later on in the future when I decide to move up in distance it'll be an easier transition as well but but yeah I, I think it's a perfect um situation for me to to run that that kind of mileage and doing a lot of strength work, you know, mile repeats, tempo runs. And, um, but yeah, it's very different from like the other girls that I compete against, but, um, it works for me and I don't question it. And that's what, you know, whatever's on the, on the schedule then I have to do, you know, so it works. So is that kind of like, um, some people that run the eight are more sprintered and some people are more distance and you're kind of more distance inclined. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, more strength work. Um, yeah, a lot of girls are, like, sprint-based. They do a lot of more, you know, lactic tolerance workouts, um, a, lot, a lot of faster things than, than I, what I do. I mean, I do the speed, too, but um, I definitely try to focus more on the strength because um, I know once my strength is good, then I can last the rounds, and, um, you know, it's not going to be a problem if I want to get out in 57 mid or 58 flat for the 800. Like, I should be able to maintain that speed because of my strength work. So, um, yeah, we try to, to rely more on the strength, but again, at the same time, we still do the speed. So when you're saying strength, are you saying like strength in as far as like running hard miles at a distance? Uh, well, I mean like the mileage helps, um, doing anaerobic tempos, like three to five miles at, you know, five Oh five pace or five minute pace, um, ma repeats or like K repeats. So that's more of like my strength stuff or even the long runs. My long runs are about 10 miles, um, but at a fast pace, like 545 for 10 miles. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of unheard of for an 800 meter runner to be doing that kind that type mm-hmm. of work, mm-hmm. but it works for me. And I've been able to pull off a really good 1500 and in a decent 5k on the roads, but, but yeah. Now, do you I'm ever, <laughs> do you ever head out for a 10 mile long run and just do an easy pace? Um, I do. So sometimes we will alternate like long runs. So I'll do like a, an aerobic long run where, like I said, it's 10 miles at a fast pace, but sometimes I'll just do like a, like kind of like a progression run, but it's not really like crazy hard. Um, it'll be like 14 miles, maybe like at seven, uh, like maybe seven thirty pace. So it's not really too crazy. I don't think. So yeah, when you're going out for, to just like warm up or just like an easy jog, what are you running your pace at? Um, I kind of just go for like 20 minutes, kind of just go on feel, um, or yeah, maybe like two and a half miles, but, um, there's some days that maybe it's cold outside. So I have to warm up a little bit harder mm. or if it's kind of hot outside, then I'll adjust the, the warm up and I'll just do like two miles. Um, but I make sure like my sprints before the workout are pretty hard. Yeah. Just to kind of get the legs going. Man, 70 miles a week. That is a lot for... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I have a couple more questions about, about your training and workouts and stuff, but I have to ask you this because on, when is it? So today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. On Thursday, I'm doing this monumental mile. It's like a one mile race here in my, in my town. Okay. Cool. um, I'm going to try to run like a 545 one mile. Okay. (laughs) Give me your best advice. Um, oh shoot. Uh, I'd probably have to say, <laughs> try to be as happy as you can on the line. Maybe it's not like necessarily like a, like a, like a tip for running, but it's, I feel like overall, I think if you're in a good mood and you just give yourself a plan, but I think for the most part, if you're just happy on the line, I think it's going to be a good day. I love um, that. That's like the best advice yeah. ever. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tend to feel really good. I feel light when, when I'm at my happiest and that's something I work on like when I wake up. So, but yeah, I feel like that helps and it goes a long way. 
That's really good advice. I um, I tend to be more of a distance runner, so I don't ever run like short races, but this is a, a fun event that the marathon, <laughs> the monumental marathon puts on. And yeah. so I'm always like, I'm going to do it just for fun, just to see what I can do. And my goal is to beat my time from my, uh, I did it after my second baby and I want to beat my time from that. <laughs> and I've had, cause I've had another baby since then. So I'm like, I want to beat my second baby time <laughs> to my third baby time. So that's my goal is like 545. And I'm just picturing you ticking away 545 miles for 10 miles. <laughs> you'll be fine. I think as long as you have fun, you'll be good. <laughs> that's a really, really good point. Um, now that being said, how do you control your nerves? I mean, there has to be nerves at big meets, right? Oh yeah. Um, I think, I think for the most part, I try going into my races, like, pre- like prepared, like months in advance, like just being ready. Um, I think just visualizing, I, I mean, even from the time that I wake up, like I, I try to have like my coffee, I try to write in my journal or I try to read something or try to learn something new. So, um, I think if I could just better myself as a person besides just the athlete part, um, I feel good about myself and I feel when I'm feeling good about myself then I'm feeling confident. Um, so I try to do those little things, um, outside of running that, are just going to make me better. Um, whether that's learning something new or listening to, you know, a podcast or, um, reading. Um, so I, I feel like that that's what works for me and it just puts me in a good mood. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere in, in one of your mini Instagram posts that I was talking that you said something along the lines of, you know, like running isn't everything and I have to make sure all the other pieces of my life are, are there. Something along yeah. those lines. And is yeah. that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I feel like maybe in the past, like maybe in college, I'd put so much pressure on myself and make everything about running that, that it, it would just kind of blow up in my face. So, um, I feel like when you can just take a step back from that and, um, focus on other things to just better yourself as a person rather than just a runner, um, it just helps or at least it helps me. So. I'm going to continue doing that. That's a really good advice coming from a professional athlete, because I think people that are kind of just like in the game of, you know, running marathons and trying to get their PRs down, they, you know, not as a professional can get so obsessed that they forget about that too. Oh yeah. I mean, even just like, I think the one thing that I always look forward to in the morning is, is just journaling like my thoughts or, you know, saying, you know, writing things down that I'm grateful for or how I want my day to go. Um, I just love that feeling, like knowing that I can do that in the morning and, you know, everything's in in place. Like I just have a good life and I can just appreciate the little things. Do you think about that when you're on the line? Like if you get nervous, do you kind of think, okay, I have a great life. And then kind of back to what you were saying, be happy on Mm -hmm. the line. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm always in a good mood, you know, even on my warm up, I'll, I'll think about the times that my husband's always clowning on me or making fun of me (laughs) Uh, even just us like spending time with like my family or, or even our dogs, um, that just puts me in a really good place. And, um, again, it's, it's more than just running and, you know, I can do good for my running. So again, if, if I can get someone to believe in themselves, like whether that's a little girl, then, then again, then I, I can look forward to that and appreciate it. That's so good. I, um, I was doing running a half marathon recently and my husband was running with me. He's much faster than me. So he kind of like runs with me to push me. And he's like, when I was hurting and like on the verge of tears because I was being a big baby, he's like (laughs) telling me like, think about our son's name is Lewis. Like think about Lewis's face right now. Like how can you not be happy thinking about his face right now? You might be Uh at mile 11 in so much pain, but just think about those cheeks and that's all you need to do to be happy. <laughs> no, yeah, it works. It actually does work. So, yeah, if it works for you, then it, I feel like th- those things can work for others people, for other people. So now I always want to ask professional runners um, when you know, you know, in big races like the trials or whatever that are televised, and all of us normal people are out watching you guys. Like, what are you thinking when the? Do you know when like the cameras? Uh, scan you guys and you kind of lift your arm and, and acknowledge you know, like Brenda Martinez and you wave and everybody cheers like what's going through your mind I mean that's like a minute before your race starts probably like what's yeah. going through your mind at that point um I think maybe just the performance part because it's like 
these people are about track and field. And to me, that's kind of a crazy thought that people want to go see you run. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously we day in and day out, we put so much training into it and just to prepare for that moment. Um, but yeah, I think it's just an interesting thought to, to see like, who's going to come out on top or if you're going to have the best race of your life. And, um, to me, I always look forward to that. It's exciting. Um, and again, it's people come all the way, you know, from different places to come see you race, um, whether that's fans or, um, even family. Um, but yeah, I just love that. And just, it's always a good day when you can come to the track, whether you're healthy or not, but just being able to compete. I think that's just a, a huge part. Um, I don't know. I like it. It's, it's just, sometimes I wake up, I'm like, why do I run? Like, I love it, <laughs> but like, why do, why do I, why is this my life? But, uh, but yeah, it, it's a crazy thought. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good point because I think that it's, it's, feels good to hear someone who's a professional runner say something like like why do I do that and then you come back to like I because I love it because (laughs) (laughs) I will lay in bed in the morning and wake up and be like why do I think I have to go run eight miles today like I don't have to do anything you know yeah um oh yeah but then yeah you finish your workout or whatever and you're like okay that's why I do it it feels so good it's fun yeah now so you just did the Prefontaine Classic and um, the 15 and Jenny Simpson, she's New Balance too. Kind of explain to me this dynamic. Is that, what's it like being in a race with someone? I mean, because she's on your New Balance team, but then you have your team you train with too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so explain that Com- yeah. dynamic. Like, what's that like when you're like, I'm lining up with Jenny, like you obviously want her to do well too because she's New Balance and what is all that yeah. like? Yeah. Um, I think just being part of New Balance, they, they've been really good, like, to the athletes. And it definitely always feels like a family-oriented group. Um, so anytime we meet up for races, like, we try to go have dinner with our boss or with the other athletes. So it's never like, oh, like, we're it's separate. Like, we always just feel together. And there's this just this togetherness about the group and us just wanting better for ourselves and and for each other. And, um, like we always text each other, like, Oh, good luck today. Even if we're not running that day or for running a different events, like we always wish like well for each other. And, um, and I feel like new bounce has done a really good job with that. And just, um, just bringing the group and they're so selective with who they pick that, um, it feels more exclusive. And again, it feels like a family and, um, and it's fun. It's not like, I don't know. I just feel like you don't feel like a number, like when you're with, with new balance, like they definitely just care about you. And if you need anything, then they're going to take care of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd probably owe it to the sponsors more than anything and, and who they pick up. And I think they, they've done a really good job with that. So when you finish, um, when you finish a race that someone else on your new balance team is in, do you kind of like, you finish, you see how you, how you did. And then you, do you kind of like look to see how whoever else is on your team did? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we do that as athletes. Like we just get in the habit of saying like, Hey, where did everyone finish? Like, was Mm -hmm. it a good day for you or was it not, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you always just want to see the best, you know, out of people. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's again, the the part of racing is just so fun. And again, a lot of people aren't going to have the best days. And again, you just, you kind of just tell each other, like you try to encourage each other, like, Hey, it's going to get better. Like it's just one race. Um, but yeah, that's just part of the sport and it's just fun being part of it. And you mentioned in another interview, probably the interview with the, what's his name again? I keep forgetting. Bethel? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of mentioned, I think it was his interview. I listened to you on another podcast too. Um, I was actually listening to you on my run today and I have this like buckshot speaker on my, um, that I like put in the hip of my running shorts because um my headphone jack stopped working. <laughs> so like, I'm like running around town with like you on my loudspeaker. People are thinking, what is this girl listening to? Like talk radio while she runs. You kind of mentioned that, um, the 1500 crowd before a race is a little more serious and the 800 meter crowd is a little more playful and fun. Is that just yeah. kind of like a thing? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like the girls in the fifteen hundred are just a little bit more serious. Uh-huh. Um I don't know. It's not like they're like there's tension or anything. It's just they're just serious and they don't joke. Uh-huh. Before races, I don't know what it is, but the eight hundred meter girls, like 
we're joking like before the race or like even before we even start warming up and I don't know it's it lightens the mood for like the 800 meters for some reason I don't know why that is but I don't know I like warming up with the 800 meter girls hanging out with them before races and like we're always looking for each other like before we warm up like just so we can hang out whereas everyone in the 1500 is a little bit separated but not that it's anything bad you know I think people or just used to their, their routine and they don't want someone messing it up, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> do you think it's because the race is longer and does it take a different kind of focus? I mean, you know, uh, you do both. maybe, I, maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know what it is about the 800 girls and the 1500 meter girls that were just so different. And I'm like in between. <laughs> well, do you feel, I mean, do you personally feel different, uh, going into the eight compared to going into the 15 as far as like, you know, how um, you're prepping for the race? mentally and whatnot maybe yeah maybe just a little bit yeah maybe just a it maybe just a tad difference it probably mostly just because it's who I'm hanging out with like before the race um yeah I would say the 800 girls are a lot closer than anything and again we're always looking for each other just to hang out like before the race because we're always just joking around um whereas the 15 is just a little bit different but again like the prep and the mental preparation before the race is still the same for me what, I mean, I feel like obviously they have to both hurt the same for different reasons, but like, <laughs> does one rate, does one distance particularly burn more than the other? I don't know. It's kind of hard because like the 800, I can handle it. Like it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, it's not like, it should be like attainable for me to break two minutes. Um, whereas a 15, like it's so hard for me to break four minutes, mm. um, but yeah, it's like a different kind of pain. Um, I feel like I can tolerate it for un, for two minutes or so. Whereas if I'm trying to break four, it's, it's taking me so long, like, and I haven't been able to do it. And it's just a different kind of hurt, I think. Mm. What's, yeah. what's your favorite meet to go back to? Um, I would probably have to say Monaco. Mm. Um, I think they just, I mean, all the Diamond Leagues, they take care of the athletes. But I feel like that one was, it was just something out of this world, like, just where it's at. Like, it's such a rich country that it's just crazy because when I got there I was looking for a supermarket and there's no supermarkets they're all like <laughs> underground and like it's all just like jewelry shops like on the top level like where the streets are at and I was just like I was like whoa this is just so weird like you don't really see families there it's just like I don't know but I mean the track was beautiful I ran fast there and um I just want to get back to it and hopefully run an eight there so that'd be pretty good so when and I should know this, but I, I'm, like, not the best with track and field facts and knowledge. When is the opportunity to go back? Um, hopefully this year. I think it's going to be an 800. The okay. last time I ran there was a 1500, and I ran four flat. Okay. Um, so it's a really fast track, and the weather's, like, perfect. Um, so, yeah, I think this year is going to be an 800 meter um and the girl like molly ran fast there too like she, that's where she has her pr oh is like, that like seven right after the trials or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like a, a few weeks after but um still trying to get confirmed for it so hopefully that's on the schedule tell me yeah. this though when you say it's a fast track like what does that mean because all tracks are obviously the same distance yeah uh i don't know if it's a surface or but there's like no wind there it's like the mm. stadium's a little bit covered um the weather's perfect the humidity's perfect um and they always just bring fast like competition they bring like the perfect pacers just so everyone can run fast um but yeah it's that the monaco meets always like kind of on everyone's mind and they just want that on their schedule now do you so okay the trials were in 2016 so what we'll have trials again in 2020 that's the next olympics right yeah uh yeah are are you like all in like i mean i know it's uh, far away yeah, of course I am. Um, I think I'm just going to try to run as long as I can. And hopefully this next year or this next Olympic cycle, I'll be focusing more on the 1500. Um, so, yeah, I'll try to get more experience then for, for that event. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'm I'm still in the sport and really competitive and, um, and I'm healthy. So, yeah, I'm definitely shooting for 2020. Isn't that crazy? It's like every four years it seems so far but so close at the same time. Yeah, it, and it goes, like, quick, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're already in 2017. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, nationals are, like, less than a month, and I felt like the Olympic trials just happened. <laughs> Tell me about nationals. What, do you, what, what are you doing? What are your goals? 
Um, so I, I'm going to focus, well, this will be my last year focusing on the 800, um, at, you know, at national. So yeah, again, it's just to make the team be top three and hopefully it's, you know, we, we go to London. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm in a good place right now. I ran 150, 158 and 403 in the last, uh, you know, within the last two weeks, I think. So I, I'm in a really good spot right now and I'm healthy and, um, again, it's just about racing confident and hopefully no accidents this time, but, mm. um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I know I have an, an opportunity to run fast and, and make the team. Okay. So long term, I, I saw you tweet, uh, Des Linden that you, you know, she inspired you and, and you loved watching her race in Boston. And so I have two follow-up questions from that tweet that I saw, mm-hmm. um, Will you race the marathon? Uh, I, okay. So <laughs> going back into like my training, uh, my long runs are really hard. Like uh-huh. some of my long runs and that's pretty much marathon pace. And that's what coach Vio has. Like, so we, we train like a 10 K runner, a 5 K runner, three K. So we do a lot of multi-pace stuff. Um, so I, I felt like, Hey, maybe if I bump up the mileage or something like maybe over a hundred miles, and, you know, I'm getting older and the speed's kind of going away, then I feel like maybe I can do a half. But um, I want to focus on the half before I even mm. do the full because mm-hmm. um, I know they're two completely different monsters. But, um, yeah, and I've, I've always loved watching the marathon. I've been watching the marathon, you know, on TV since I was little. Um, and I think the people that we have on, like our rosters right now, like Shalane and, and Desi and you know, the other girls, it's, it's always inspiring to watch them. And, um, it's just incredible what the human body can do for 26 miles. So who are some other, and my other follow-up question from that tweet is who are, I mean, obviously, so you look up to Des based on that tweet. Um, who are some other athletes and, you know, runners or whatever athletes in general that you look up to? Um, I would probably say like Dina Castor. I mean, coach Vihole, that used to be his athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did an amazing job with her. I think just the whole development part of it. And I mean, she has a, the American record and I think it's just amazing that she did that. And she has a, an Olympic medal as well. So if you did the half, you would probably focus on that like after the 2020, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Of course. Oh, that's so exciting. Isn't that so cool that you can get into your like mid thirties and that's when your like peak marathoning can be. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yep. That's so fun. Okay, so I always, I, I wait, I don't want to end, but I know we have to. Um, and I always end the podcast with some fun random questions that I sent to you in that email. Um, but before we get to that really quick, I wanted to ask you about, you have a nonprofit, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. It's uh, Big Bird Track Club. Okay, yeah. can you just kind of tell everybody what that is really quick? Um, so it's it started about two years ago. We got it, you know, we did all the paperwork. We got it, you know, official through the state. Um, but yeah, it's Big Bird Track Club and it's our nonprofit and it's so that we can develop, uh, American distance running. So we, and we actually got sponsored through New Balance. So, um, that's our sponsor for that. And, um, it's just to help those that maybe are looking for, um, a career in running post-collegiately. Um, so our door, our doors are open for, for that. So is that kind of like, since you couldn't find a team when you came out of college, is that kind of like you providing that opportunity for people? Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. And, um, again, there was something good that came out of, you know, a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that was one of the reasons why we wanted to start it. That's so special. Uh, now have you, has it launched? I mean, like, do you have athletes in it yet or is that kind of happening um, now? <laughs> we've had like a lot of athletes come and go. I, I just think like Coach V Hill and my, my husband, we, they just have really high standards. Okay. Um, that it just gets too hard for some people and they, they just figure out that they're, it's either not a good fit for them or it's just too hard. But, um, for the people that have stayed like Boris, he, I mean, he's had already a lot of success and the very little time that he's been in the sport, you know, in the professional world. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of get people to buy into it, especially if they don't want to fully commit to, to something because it, it is a full-time job but mm-hmm. um again it, it's kind of hard to to find the right athletes as well so now are you training with these athletes uh well yeah I mean we we go to practice together but okay. 
um, we're definitely on different like schedules. Like we have completely different workouts. Like we don't ever like jump in, in the same workout. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then do you do a camp too? I do. I have a summer camp every year and it's through a writing contest. So, um, I pick about 10 girls from Southern California and I host them up in big bear where I live. And I mean, we just do running, we do activities and we do a lot of clinics in the evening and, um, I take care of everything. So it's just a good thing that I can do, uh, to give back to the sport. And is that kind of like a week where you're on an off week when you do that? Uh, yeah, well, sometimes it just depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still try to get my training in and then I try to contribute to the camp as well. So, oh, that's so it gets special. hard, but yeah. Is your camp kind of the thing where maybe something you envisioned as a little girl, like something you would have liked to have gone to or something like that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think growing up, it's, it was always hard for me to attend camp. Like my parents either just didn't have money to, cause it was always like, there was always a fee. Yeah. Um, but I know it's hard for some of the high school, high schools, um, here in Southern California, like a lot of them don't get to experience that or, you know, maybe they didn't, these girls didn't, you know, make varsity so they can't go. Um, so I make it open to any, any of the runners in Southern California. And again, it's just them writing me a letter and I just try to take those 10 girls and it's always hard to pick. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and these girls just come from different walks of life and they're not necessarily the fastest runners, but the fact that they're out there running and it's, I'm always inspired by, by what they write. How many entries did you get last year? Uh, so I just, I, it was a lot. I think it was over 150 letters. Oh. Um, so I printed out every single one and, um, I wrote notes and I was just trying to figure out like, okay, I need to cut it down to 10 and I'm already like have a stack of like 25 that I'm like, yes. And, um, so so I think cutting, yeah, it was just so hard, but, but a lot of them are really young and I think that hopefully they write again and yeah. And hopefully they can try next year. Oh my gosh. That is the sweetest thing. I love it so much. (laughs) Okay. Let's wrap up with our end of the podcast questions. What is one thing professionally or personally that you haven't done that you'd like to do? Uh, probably go on vacation actually leave (laughs) california (laughs) you are glued to california huh yeah (laughs) and going going to travel for a race doesn't count no it doesn't because it's always business (laughs) where would you like to go uh probably miami uh my husband is is from miami so a lot of his family's out there and i actually still haven't met his family which is kind of odd but but yeah (laughs) um if you had one message to send to the world what would it be uh, be as happy as you can be. Okay. I'm taking that advice. That is so good. <laughs> okay. And then anything you're loving right now? Uh, probably reading, um, right now I, well, I just finished, uh, Marva Collins, uh, story. Um, it, she's just a really, a really good teacher that made an impact on, uh, inner city kids. And yeah, I mean, I fell in love with the book and who she was as a person. She actually passed away like two years ago. So um, yeah, I just finished reading her book. So I was enjoying that one. Marva Collins. Collins. Yeah. Collins. What's the book called? Uh, I think just Marva Collins story. <laughs> okay. And you're a big yeah. reader. Uh, I try to be, <laughs> sometimes I like put it off and then sometimes I'm like on a roll, but <laughs> do you have any other favorite books? Like if you had to pick like a top three, um, I would probably have to say mindset by Carol Dweck and then happiness by Sean Aker. Okay, you are all about yeah. the happy. Yeah. <laughs> any nonprofits you like to support, other than your own, obviously? <laughs> um, probably any like animal rescue. Okay. Oh yeah, you, um, your dogs are rescue yeah, dogs, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's probably animal rescues for the most part. Yeah. Okay, you have four rescue dogs. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then anybody, any favorites you like to follow on social media? Uh, any runners? Um, yeah. I, honestly, I'm not like too picky, but I think just any of like maybe my competitors or Mm -hmm. any of like the marathoners. I think it's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, Brenda, I really appreciate you talking to me today. No, thank you. This has been so fun. And I'm, I'm honored that I got to have our conversation with you (laughs) and so thankful to Molly for connecting us. So cool. um, Thank you so much. (laughs) Best of luck with your training in the next few weeks. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye Brenda. All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thanks, Brenda, for coming on the show. If you guys are loving the show, I would really appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. 
It's the best way for potential new listeners to find the show. And if you feel so inclined, I would love it if you would share it with a friend that you think might enjoy the podcast. You guys can follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626, and you can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. You can also find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. That's all I've got for you guys today, so you enjoy your weekend. Have a wonderful day today, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.